Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. We're in week one of a series called Breaking Free, and I want to talk about freedom in your life. Uh, I have prayed about this series for some time at the end of last year, and I felt this over and over and over. You know, people ask me all the time, Pastor, what's your word for the year? I'm going to be honest, I've served the Lord for uh, over 30 years now, uh, been saved about 35 years, and been in vocational ministry 23 years. God's never given me a word. I, 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 I guess I'm not as spiritual. I don't know. I just, I've never felt like, here's the one thing that you're supposed to do. I have felt direction from the Lord. Maybe that's what that is. Maybe it's the same thing. Uh, but what I felt the direction of the Lord is in this area, and that is freedom this year. Um, and the goal of this series, I love preaching the first week of a new series because I kind of give you a foundation. I want to help you break free from mindsets that keep you in, in, in anxiety and depression. How many of you know that as your mind goes, your life goes? As a matter of fact, next, next week I'm going to preach all about uh, breaking uh, the p- power of thinking in your, in your mind. Uh, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That, that your life literally is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so I want to help you break free from old thoughts. If you carry old thoughts into new seasons, you're going to have old results, not because the season didn't change, because your mind didn't change. It's the same gym. At least that's what they tell me. The Planet Fitness looks the same. It's always looked. I haven't seen the inside of it yet. I have paid my dues. I still pay every month. I've paid every month for the last seven and a half years yet to go inside it. I hear it's wonderful. They haven't changed a whole lot there, all right? Only thing's going to change about the gym and me is my mind. Treadmills don't get easier, do they? No. Nothing gets... No, it, I just got You just got to make your mind up. Are you with me, everybody? I want to help you break free in some habits in your life, some unhealthiness in your life, some dysfunction in your life, some addiction in your life. I want to help you break free from some relationships you shouldn't be in. Now, listen, if you're married, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> don't, don't come out of here saying, Pastor said we could break free. I ain't talking about breaking out. You need to go home with who you came with, okay? Now, some of you single folks need to break free of that joker that's living in his mama's basement with no job, okay? Y'all need to break free. But if you're married, don't break free. But you do need to break free of some stuff that's holding you. you your, your marriage is in a cycle. I'm preaching to you. Some, so there's, so there's a couple in the room right now. The Holy Spirit's talking to you. You're in a cycle year after year after year after year after year. And there's no reason why you're, it's the definition of insanity to keep doing the same thing, expecting your marriage to get better. You need to break free from some stuff so God can once and for all give you the marriage of your dreams. Shout amen to that. You're too scared to. You're afraid I'm going to look at you. I want you to break free. If you don't do so, I didn't put it on the screen, but write it in your notes. If you don't do something different, you won't have anything different. If you don't do something different, you won't have anything different. If you do what you did last year, you're going to have what you had last year. Now, some of you, you're okay with that. Some of you, you're okay with the harvest that you had. I'm not, and I want a different harvest. Here's what I found about Christians, not y'all, but people who come to 9 o'clock. Here's what I found about Christians sometimes is you don't like the harvest, but you don't change the seed. And you decide to plant bad seed and pray for crop failure. <laughs> God, I know this isn't a good decision, but <laughs> we'll do it anyway, and hopefully it'll work out. God, I know I shouldn't be in this situation. I know I shouldn't be in this relationship. I know he's not for me. I know she's not godly. I know I shouldn't be making this move. I know I shouldn't be thinking this way. I know I shouldn't. 
but I'm going to plant this seed and then just hope that I don't get the harvest. Well, that's not the way the, the world works. As a matter of fact, the Bible said as long as time exists, in my one-year Bible, I just heard this last week. I read this in my Bible. As long as there is day and night, there will be summer and winter, seed time and harvest. That's your Bible. Whatever you sow is what you... And if you want different harvests, you got to choose different seed. Are you there, everybody? If you want a difference in your marriage, you got to do something different. I don't mean a different marriage. I mean a difference in your marriage. i got to be real clear in these last days. If you want a difference in your children, not different kids, but if you want a difference in your children, you may have to do something different, right? I have an 11-year-old, and, and she's right now in kids. She's got one more year, one more. As a matter of fact, we were just talking. She'll be in uh, our student ministry uh, over the summer, which is mind-boggling to me. Uh, to have a kid in student ministry. That's what, By the way, that's why I'm grateful for student ministry. Can I get a good amen to everybody? A vibrant, life-giving student ministry. But, but I've got a, a different daughter. Now, none of y'all tell her this because she's an angel. You hear me? She's an angel. Y'all got bad kids. I got angels. But I've noticed a change in my little girl. Do you know what I'm talking about if you've raised girls? She Yesterday, she was just moody Judy, and I thought, I, I can't. We're not going to do this, okay? And her mama said, oh, we're going to do this for a while. I said, we bring me back my little girl, okay? I, if you want a difference in your kids, you may have to think differently, act differently. How do I encourage her in God? How do I strengthen her? We were talking about praying and fasting yesterday. I'll get to that in a moment. But I said, baby, our kids have been uh, praying about what they're fasting. My kids are going to be on the fast with us. And, and my little girl said, Daddy, I, yesterday, last night, she said, Daddy, I've, I've, God told me what I'm going to fast. I said, okay, what is it, baby? She said, I'm going to fast refills. <laughs> she said, just one diet, Dr. Pepper, that's it. I said, okay, we, why don't you go ask him again to see what he says, you know. My little boy said, I'm going to fast snacks. Now, y'all better watch out because that joker may die. We may have to resurrect him. That's true. We may have to pray that. He, he may have to. If he fast snacks, that's a thing. If I want a difference in my mental health. Mental illness is not sin. But you not taking control of your mental health can become sin. You have to decide, I will have a different mind. I have control. I have the mind of Christ. If Christ lives in me, I have the mind of Christ. And I can overcome. You may need help. You may need counseling. You may need therapy. You may need medicine. But in Jesus' name, I will not carry the same mental anguish into this year that I had last year. Shout amen to that. You can make a difference. You can have a difference in your rest, a difference in your friendships, a difference in your spiritual life. And I think it starts from separating from the world. Now, I grew up in church. Where's all my church people? You grew up in church. Where's all the church people? You grew up going to church. Where you at? You're easy to find. Yeah. Where's all the heathens? Yep. You're usually married to each other. You know what I mean? Like there's, <laughs> you know, you, you know, there's a good church girl and then an old heathen boy and and um, or or vice versa. Some of y'all are good church boys and just old heathen girl, Josh. And so it, it, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm ki- I'm joking. I'm joking about that. I'm, I'm, they're my friends. Sometimes you just. I grew up in church, and I would hear my preacher, I'd hear my pastor talk about the world, and I'd think, man, what are you talking about? Is there like a different world you know about, or is there life on another planet? Are you talking about aliens? I don't know what you mean. And, and the older I've gotten, the more mature I've gotten, the more I follow the Lord, the more I realize the world has a system. And, and the Bible actually talks about the devil, the enemy. 
Satan, he talks about him being prince of the power of the air. He's the god of this world, little g-god of this world. And the world has a system that, that, that it operates under. And all you got to do is turn the news on for just a little bit and you realize the system of the world isn't working right now. Marriages are failing. Hearts are failing. Lives are being destroyed. Drugs are taking over. Eight out of ten adolescents are on some sort of antidepressant. Eight out of ten adolescents since COVID have been prescribed some sort of mood-altering something. That's scary, everybody. The world isn't working right now. And you and I need to separate. I'll show you it in the Bible. Uh, The Bible says it like this, 2 Corinthians 6 and 17. Therefore, every time you see therefore in the Bible, you always ask, what's it there for? Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Who's the them? It's the world. It's the system of the world. It's the way the world thinks and operates and actions and intentions and patterns and direction. It doesn't mean you separate from sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. But it does mean that the way the world is working, the way it views everything, I'm going to separate from that, touch no unclean thing, and then God said, I'll receive you to myself. Verse 18, and I will be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's the kind of year I want. I want the kind of year that God says, hey, you're not going to pick on him. That's my boy. Hey, you're not going to have their marriage. That's my daughter. That's a son of the king. That's a daughter of the most high God. You're not going to take them. You're not going to take them out. Well, how does that happen? doesn't happen by accident. It happens because I choose. I'm not participating in the way the world works. I'm going to participate in kingdom life. I'm going to have kingdom marriage and kingdom principles and kingdom intentions and kingdom thoughts. And we're going to be a family built on kingdom and not the way the world works. Can I get a better amen? In God's house. I I want you to separate from the world. Best way I know how to do that is what we start today. 21 days of prayer and fasting starts today. Since we started this church, September of 2016, we had our first service. August of 2016, we had 35 adults on the launch team. And all of us went through 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've done it since we started the church. We'll always have a season of prayer and fasting together. And I want to encourage you. Now listen, look into my eyes. Because I'm asking you, this is, I'm, I'm asking you without apology. I'm asking every one of you to be at prayer for the next 21 days. Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., we'll be right here. I'll be in this building tomorrow morning. Now, the coffee will be hot by 5.30 or 5.45. If you're fasting coffee, I hate that for you. The coffee will be hot, and I, I'd encourage you to get here a minute or two early. Grab coffee and grab a seat. You say, Pastor, where are we all going to sit? You don't worry about that. We'll turn the whole building into a prayer room. We'll have, we'll have a season of worship. We always start out with worship in the morning. And then you'll hear a message from God's Word, just five or six, ten minutes of message uh, from God's Word. And then we have a ton of resources for you. You'll have about 25 or 30 minutes to pray on your own. And you say, well, Pastor, I can't pray for 25 or 30 minutes. I don't know how to pray. I pray for five minutes. You know, God, don't let me kill anybody. God, fix my dumb husband. God, I need a new job. Bless my food, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, that's all I got. I don't know what else to do, and, and I want to help you with that. I don't think you don't want to pray. I don't think you know how to pray. I actually, I, and after two decades of ministry, I don't think it's because you don't want to. I think you just don't know how. So I want to resource you and give you the ways to do it. Matter of fact, today in our kids' ministry, your kids are getting one of these. Every child in kids' ministry today gets a prayer guide. Uh, it's full of crayons and coloring pages and all kinds of stuff where they can write. But it gives them prayer outlines for them to pray. My kids have done this for the last seven years. They actually did it before that. 
and they have prayer guides to walk through. I want you to walk your kids every day, 21 days of prayer through this. And when you show up tomorrow morning, we're going to have a resource for you. There'll be pages of leaders, and we list all the names of our congressmen, all the names of our representatives, all the names of our senators. We list all the names of the leaders of our church and our staff, and Brandy and I will give you that. We'll give you a place to write down the people you're believing God to save this year. There's a target list. Now, we keep it between just us, you know, but but we know there's. A, I'm, I'm asking God to reach these 10 or 12 people, and then we have a prayer guide for you. Inside this prayer guide are prayer outlines, and it'll help you every single morning. You can pray a different prayer. I see people walking around here in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, just reading it out loud. You're able to get 25, 30 minutes worth of praying in, and it becomes a lifestyle in your life and a a habit in your life. And now you develop. Now I pray these prayers every single day of my life. I've developed this uh, system, this prayer life, where where I can pray these prayers now from memory because I've done that so much. But I want to resource you and give you. We have this as an app. You can go to your app store right now and download the Pray First app. This app, every prayer in here, you can have on your phone. You can have music to go with it. We'll turn the music up really loud tomorrow morning. And we say, why is the music so loud in the morning? Because I want you to be able to pray and not feel embarrassed. I want you to pray out loud. I don't want you to think your prayers. I want you to say your prayers and pray them out loud. I pray out loud every time. And, and I don't want you to be walking around somebody praying for them and then they hear you. You know what I mean? That'd be the worst. You know, God bless them. God, they're so mean. God, touch them right now. You know, and so the music will be loud. And then we'll end with worship. And then my commitment to you is by 7 a.m. You'll be in your car by 7 o'clock. In your car, headed out to school, to work, and all that. You say, that's a sacrifice. I know. But I need to disconnect from the world. Write it down like this. Prayer connects me to God. Fasting disconnects me from the world. Prayer connects me to God. Fasting disconnects me from the world. And both are important. If you don't have both... Listen, there's an out of balance. You can pray your head off and still be worldly and and you've clogged up. You can't hear from God. I can't get direction. I don't know what God's trying to say. I can't can't hear anything because i got all this other noise in my life. You can fast and not pray. By the way, fasting without prayer is called a diet. (laughs) Now, you may need that, but that's not fasting. Fasting is when I put aside something that I want for something that I want more. And I'm telling you, this is a promise to you. I, I, you say, Pastor, I thought this was a positive kind of church. This is. I am positive about this. You're going to face an unexpected trial in 2023. There will be a time this year you need the hand of God in your life. And here's what I've decided. I've decided praying and fasting is not going to be my last resort when I'm facing hell. I'm going to go into this year with a posture of prayer and fasting so I'm spiritually ready when the attack comes. Can I get a better amen? It's not my last resort. It's my first response to God. I'm going to respond to God in praying and fasting first. Now, over the years I've recognized I talk about fasting. I teach about fasting. but Some of you never fasted before. And you don't even know what to do or where to start. So I thought, I actually asked the Lord, God, what can we do as a church together? And I want to lead you through a three-week guided fast. We're going to all fast the same thing. Now, you can fast something more. You can do this and that. You can add them all together. You can do them all at the same time. But I'm asking you as a church family, let's fast this way together. I want you to bring that piece of paper. You came in today. It was on your seat. Why don't you hold it in your hand? I want to walk you through it. A little different message today because i got to teach you. About praying and fasting. If I want you to be here at 6 o'clock in the morning, i got to help you. 
I got I to gotta convince you, it's going to be worth your effort. People come in their pajamas as long as they're, you know, modest. <laughs> people, people bring their children. There's sleeping babies everywhere. People walk in the morning. Listen, I'm a pacer, so I walk when I pray. I'll, I'll walk the whole way all the way around. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of you'll look up, and there'll be 25 people behind me walking. You know, and there's a, but you got to walk in line. You can't have a collision. You know what I'm saying at prayer meetings? So everybody's got to get on the same rhythm. But you can stay in your seat right there. You can come to the front. People pray everywhere. There'll be all, there'll be prayer requests everywhere. As a matter of fact, I'll get to that prayer request point in just a moment. But there'll be prayer requests all over these. Uh, all over the stage that we can pray for. I want you to look at the front side. talks about 21 days. talks about why we do it. Look at the back. And I'm going to talk about our church-wide fast for a couple of minutes. Today, in week one of our church-wide fast over the next 21 days, I want to lead you through what we're calling a partial fast. You may have heard this called a Jewish fast or some other language that you use with it where maybe you just fast uh, during the day. You know, you eat before sunup and then after sundown. That's called a Jewish fast or partial fast. Maybe you've heard of a Daniel fast. Maybe that's what you decided to do. You're excluding some things from your diet that you normally have. You know, I'm excluding meats and sweets and breads and that kind of thing, soft drinks from my diet. I'm asking you in this week one to make it food related. Here's the reason why. Nothing makes me more spiritually hungry than when I tell my body you're not in charge. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Listen, by day two or three, without coffee or soft drinks, I'll start begging God for miracles. You know what I'm saying? If there's no Diet Coke by by Tuesday, I'm asking, okay, God, I'm listening. Whatever you want to say, just make the headache go away. Are you with me, everybody? So I want you to I want you to find a way to fast. It could be uh, sweets. It could be bread. It could be something for uh, if you're able to do food all day, maybe just lunch. Now listen, if you don't normally eat breakfast and you don't normally wake up till eleven thirty, don't talk about I'm fasting pancakes. <laughs> If it's been 20 years since you had a Brussels sprout, don't talk about, I'm fasting Brussels sprouts. No, no sprouts whatsoever will touch my lips, Lord. <laughs> I want you something that, it's got to, listen, I, you got to put, fasting is, write this down, fasting is choosing something I want more than something I want. It's deciding I want God more than I want this. Fasting is saying, I, I love God more than I love this thing. I want the presence of God more than I want this. I, I, I want to hear from God more than I want this in my life. And I'm setting this aside. I'm telling my body, you are not in charge. God is in charge this year. I need to hear from the Spirit of the Lord this year. So I want to lead you this first week. Now listen, if, if I see you in a restaurant and you got a big steak, I ain't going to say nothing to you. Don't say nothing to me. This is not a legalistic kind of thing. Nobody's policing you. Nobody's coming out to get you. Nobody, nobody, if I see you in the sonic drive through getting you a Diet Coke, nobody's going to say anything to you, okay? But I just it's between you and the Lord. I want you to say, God, I need to hear from God. I need to disconnect from this world. I need to disconnect from the voices of this world. I need to disconnect from the habits of this world. Are you with me, everybody? So week one, this week, we're fasting together in this partial fast. Week two. Next Sunday through next Saturday, the 15th through the 21st, we're on what we're calling a soul fast. Now, some of you, this is going to be harder than food. You could starve literally to death, and this next week's going to hurt you. Because <laughs> a soul fast is where I'm asking our whole church to set aside all forms of media and entertainment. I mean everything. I mean Netflix, Disney+, Hulu, FUBU, Paramount, 
all the other streaming stuff y'all got, ESPN, MLB, whatever it is you're streaming. I, I'm not social media. Now this is gonna hurt you. Your phone did not come preloaded with with Instagram. You put it on there, which means you have the power to take it off of there. I know some of you that's my. You had no idea that you don't have to have Facebook. It like your phone will still work without it. You can make calls. It's amazing. You can text. You can do all sorts of things on them. You don't need, listen, I don't need social media. I don't need media. I'm a news junkie. Uh, I was up the other night way too late uh, watching as our fifth, our fi- I'm sorry, our 15th uh, uh, election of uh, the next Speaker of the House of Representatives because I like it. If I wasn't in ministry, I'd probably be in politics. And I really enjoyed watching it, but I stayed up way too late in doing it. I don't need all that input in my life. Listen to me. I don't need all of that stuff. I don't need all that binge watching. I don't need all of that mindless scrolling. I promise you this. I will promise you if you'll fast social media, your mental health will improve. Depression is directly linked to comparison, and social media is set up to you compare your life with somebody else's and your depression will lessen and your anxiety will lessen if you'll if you'll fast some input into your mind can I get a better amen everybody so we're going to all so everybody's going to go dark (laughs) you know you're not going to see no pictures from nobody for a week and then the third week the third week and then I'll teach you in just a moment the third week of our church-wide fast I'm calling I didn't know what else to call it I'm calling it a freedom fast now look into my eyes because I'm going to hurt your feelings for just a moment. You're an addict. You're addicted to something. Now I know when you hear the word addict and you think addiction, you think alcoholism, you think nicotine, you think drug abuse, you think there's some, you know, sleeping pills, you think there's something, you know, there's that. But I promise you, you're looking at an addict. I'm addicted to caffeine. I'm confessing to you. I'm better preaching today because Diet Coke is coursing through these veins in Jesus' name. Are y'all with me right now? Anybody else? Can will you just confess with me that I gotta have it? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not good without it. You're addicted. You're addicted. There's some things that have control over your life. Pastor, I can set this down at any time. Okay, set it down. Pastor, I don't need this. I'm gonna hurt you. Look at me. Just look straight ahead so nobody knows it's you. I don't drink, I don't drink heavy, but you have to have a glass of wine every night just to wind down. You're addicted. Set it down. Let's break free from that. I don't have to have any chemical to be able to serve God. I don't have to have anything. I don't need anything in my life controlling me but the Holy Spirit. Can I get a better amen, everybody? And I'm I'm confessing to you, I want to break the chains of addiction off my life. That I can function without. That I can go on without. It could be any mood. It could be nicotine, alcohol, caffeine. It could be overeating. It could be binge watching. It could be spending and shopping, everybody. It could be Amazon deliveries. Come on, somebody. If you fasted a whole week from an Amazon delivery, about day three or four, the Amazon guy may come to your house and just do a welfare check, you know? like Y'all okay in there? (laughs) I, just, I hadn't been here in a couple of days. I want to make sure you're okay. And anybody know what I'm talking about? Just look straight ahead, men. Don't look. Don't, don't ruin a good afternoon by punching your wife about this. Just it could be. It could be. It, there's there's an addiction that you have that I want you to break free of. Prayer connects me to God, so I'm gonna be here Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Say Amen. 
Fasting disconnects me from the world. And I'm going to fast. I'd, I'd love to have you. And then I want you to fill out on the bottom of that. As a matter of fact, when you leave today, our ushers will be at the doors. I want you to fill out that prayer request because every single morning, this is one of the, I think, one of the greatest things we do. As a matter of fact, your kids today have prayer request cards too. We're going to pray over all those every morning. Is every morning for 21 days, somebody picks up that prayer request and prays over it. And it makes me, it, it makes me emotional every morning because, you know, you're putting down, you know, my daughter, my, my husband, salvation, my, my, my mother has cancer, my, my, you know, my brother's loss, whatever it is. And, and there's strangers, church family, who are walking around asking God to move on your behalf. I'd love for you to fill that prayer card uh, out and, and leave it with us. There's a framework for all of this. I got 10 minutes to preach you the rest of the message. And that's the good part, y'all. I've spent all my time not talking about the good part. There's a framework for this message series that I want to give you today. And I want to give it to you really quick. Can you listen really quick? Say amen. Write it down like this. It's freedom and future. Freedom and future. Freedom and future. Freedom and future. Christianity is built, Judaism is built on freedom and future. The message of Jesus is I want to set you free from your sin from the penalty of your sin, and I want to give you a bright future. I want to give you a purpose in your life, calling on your life, freedom and future. Christianity is founded that way because Judaism is founded that way. The people of God are in captivity. They are in the land of Goshen. The Israelites have grown to probably a million or more, maybe two million, maybe three million people. We don't really know. There's a lot of theology that says somewhere around two million or so Uh, Jews are living in Egypt and they're in captivity. Now, they are this mighty nation, but they're in captivity. Let me pause here and tell you. Just because you're held captive doesn't mean you aren't mighty or called by God. Just because you've got some stuff in your life you need to break free from doesn't mean God doesn't have His hand on you. They didn't cease to be the people of God because they were in captivity. They were the people of God in captivity, and God is ready to break them out. You know the story. don't have time to tell you. He's raising up Moses. He's the great deliverer of the children of Israel. And God is giving Moses the words to tell Pharaoh when he says, Let my people go. And God is giving the promise to the children of Israel of how he's going to rescue them, lead them to the promised land. And you can find it. It's freedom and future. You can find it in Exodus, the sixth chapter. Flip over there in your Bible really quick. Hold your finger right there. Exodus 6. These are four statements, the four I wills of God that God promises, promises freedom for His people. Therefore, say to the Israelites, God tells Moses, say to the Israelites, I will bring you out. Everybody say, I will bring you out. Come on, that wasn't everybody. Everybody say, I will bring you out. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Let me pause right here and look at you. If you don't get anything else this year, this is my prayer for you. That God would bring you out from the yoke of that thing that's got you held down. That God would bring you out of that, that thing that's, that year after year you got the same resolution, the same stuff, the same problems, the same goals. That this would be the year that you finally ask God, God, you promised you would bring me out from under this yoke so I'm participating in the miracle and I'm ready to be brought out. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will free you. Everybody shout, I will free you. I will free you from being slaves to them. Pastor, that sounds like the same thing. He brings you out and he frees you from being slaves. Yeah, I met a lot of people who are brought out. They're just not free. You may be in church today. You may be brought out, but you're not free yet. 
You still think like an Egyptian. You still talk like an Egyptian. You, you, I, the, listen, the slaves, the Israelites in this area, they understood captivity. They didn't understand freedom. And I met a lot of Christians who God has, he's, he's opened the prison doors and you've decided to stay chained on the inside. The keys are inside the cell, everybody. You can open it up. I'll free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you. Shout, I'll redeem you. I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm, mighty acts of judgment. And I will take you as my own people. The fourth I will, and I will be your God. Then you'll know I'm the Lord. Listen, I want you to end this year. I want you to get to December of 2023 with this in mind. That it was God who brought me out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. That I went into this year under the yoke of the Egyptians. I had some stuff in my life. Every time you see Egypt in the, in the Old Testament, think sin. Think bondage. Think the world. Think captivity. There was some stuff I had in me that my, my mind, my heart, my emotions, my spiritual life, our marriage, my kids, our relationship, our finances, it, my peace, our joy. It was, under the, it was under the yoke of the Egyptians. But I want you to get to December 31, 2023 and say, but God brought me out. From under the yoke of the Egyptians. I'm going to give you three things. i got six minutes to do it. This is the fastest I've ever preached to you. I'm going to give you three things today that Pharaoh did to the Egyptians. I'm sorry, that Pharaoh did to the Israelites in Egypt that I think the devil does to you. Number one, write this down. The Israelites were forced to make bricks as slaves. The Israelites were forced to make bricks as slaves. Ancient Egypt was built on the back of slave labor. In the Jewish nation, these millions of Jews living in Goshen, in the land of Goshen, uh, in, in the northeast corner of Egypt, are slaves. Slaves. I think the devil, I think his number one tactic in your life, write it down like this Pharaoh did it to them, the devil does it to you, you feel enslaved. Let me tell it to you better like this You'll say words like, I'm trapped. Pastor, I feel trapped in this debt. I feel trapped in this relationship. I feel trapped in these expectations of other people. I feel trapped in my guilt. I feel trapped in this fear. I feel trapped in my anger. I feel trapped in my bitterness. I feel trapped in my schedule. I feel trapped in my habits. And you're a slave to the sin that has you trapped. And you end up serving the sin that has you enslaved. You feel trapped. Jesus said, John 8, 34, Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly, anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead-end life and is, in fact, a slave. You're a slave to it. I'm trapped in it. I can't get out of it. I don't know, I don't know how to break this in my life. I want a different life. I just feel trapped. Number two, Pharaoh ordered the murder of babies. Now this is a strange one, so stick with me. If you don't know the story, there's the promise of a deliverer and Pharaoh orders the murder of children, all males under all firstborns under the age of 2, he, that they're all killed. Jochebed, Moses's mother, you remember puts him in the in the basket, floats him down the river, ends up raising him. Pharaoh's daughter hires Jochebed to become Miriam, his sister was with them and and Jochebed becomes the one who raises her own son, but Pharaoh didn't know this, and so he orders the murder of babies. Let me pause here and tell you, this is not a political statement. I'm just telling you. Every time in human history that children are slaughtered, every single time, 
every time that you see this murder of babies throughout history, it's always a demonic force destroying. It's why we are unapologetically pro-life. Listen, we are not, and here, here's the reason why. The reason, the reason why we're anti-abortion, the reason why, now there's grace for you if you found yourself, but the reason why I stand firmly on this because the slaughter of children throughout history is the devil's way to kill the potential of the next generation. That, listen, the devil doesn't want to kill you because you already, you already got, you already know, you already, there's already an awareness. But if he can steal potential, and when he kills a baby, it's killing the potential of the Israelites. That's what this was about. When Pharaoh ordered the murder of all the babies under the two, all the firstborns, it wasn't because he thought that the deliverer was already there. It's because he was afraid the deliverer was coming. God, I wish I had time to preach you. When, when the devil wants to destroy things inside of you, listen, he always takes away potential. And you feel, write it down like this, you feel empty. You feel empty. My dreams are dead. My purpose is gone. I don't think I have what I used to have. The murder of babies is all about killing potential. Pharaoh did it to the Israelites and the devil's trying to do it to you to, to rob you of your potential to rob you of the purpose of God in your life to rob you of dreams this year and vision for your life and you may be sitting in church today the first Sunday and you may have a smile on but there's there's an emptiness in your eyes I don't know what to do next pastor I don't even know if I have a plan you feel empty on the inside I, I wish there was more meaning what does all this mean? I've, I, I had this same feeling. Some 15 years ago, I had climbed my denomination's ladder. Third generation in the same denomination. I was on the biggest stages. I'd preach in coliseums and arenas. I'll tell you that, Brad. I'm just telling you, I just, I'd gotten to the top. I'd done all I could do. Traveled the world. Preached everywhere. I never wanted to preach. And about 15 years ago, Brandy and I just, I just, I said, there's just, there's got to be something else be more there's got to be potential there's got to be more purpose in this maybe you've climbed the ladder corporately maybe you've made all the money you ever thought you'd ever make live in the nicest house you've ever thought and you feel empty and the enemy's murdered the potential on the inside of you taking away that dream taking away that vision for more taking away that hope that God has something more you feel enslaved and you feel empty here's the third one Pharaoh required them to collect their own straw. So he added insult to injury. They didn't just have to make bricks, but you got to go get your own straw that makes the bricks. Made them get up extra early and work extra hard. He piled extra work on them. Listen to me. This is the epidemic of our age that you feel exhausted. You feel exhausted. You you feel like I can't take anymore. I'm overloaded. I'm stressed out. I'm stretched to the limit. I'm at my max. I can't keep up this pace. I'm tired all the time. My patience is too low. I get angry very very easily. I'm exhausted. That's the plan of the enemy. And maybe you started 2023 feeling enslaved like you just can't break free, trapped. Maybe you feel empty 
devoid of purpose and potential on the inside of you. Maybe you just feel exhausted. Like, I don't know what to do next. I'm just so tired. Tired of the fighting and the yelling, the cussing, the fussing. Tired of this whole thing. And maybe you don't even know how you got there. That's the question. How did we get there? Like, how, how, did, how did we get to this point? Uh, many of you, God's already dealing with you about it. You just drifted that way. That's the way the world works, you know. You got busy. You didn't mean to get this busy. You just did. You just drifted. You drifted from on fire from God to kind of lukewarm. And I don't really do. And Maybe somebody led you that way. Maybe you had a bad church experience. Maybe religion turned you off. Maybe you're mad at God. Maybe it was somebody else altogether, a family member, an authority. Maybe you just didn't realize this situation was going to get you here. And the devil's used it to put you in bondage. Maybe it was decisions you made. Maybe it was decisions made for you. Maybe it was generational. Your daddy dealt with this, you've dealt with this, your kids are dealing with it. And you feel trapped and empty. So how do we get out? I'm glad you asked. Three things and, and I'm done. I gotta pray. We gotta go home. Eat a salad. <laughs> Number one, you gotta make the move. Write it down. You gotta make the move. You got to just decide. It's called repent. The word is repent. It's I was I was going this way. I'm gonna choose to do this now. I've been I, I've been lax. I'm gonna choose to go all in with God. I, I I've been thinking this way. I'm gonna think this way. I'm gonna repent in my life. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the move in my life. I'm gonna finally make the move. Number two. Write it down just like this. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. This is the word of God for some of you. I was listening to a podcast the other day. I'm making our staff listen to about how to review the last year. And the, and the, and the pastor on the podcast was saying there are two things that he does. He reviews his calendar and his camera roll. Calendar and camera roll. Look back at your calendar and, and relive those days. This was a hard day. This was a tough season. That's the vacation we got in a fight. This is the time that he left. This is when they took the house. This is when things went. Look, go back and review the calendar and then let it go. Go back to your camera roll and look at the first picture of 2022. Look at the first one and then relive them one by one. Let yourself relive them. What were you doing? What were you feeling? And scroll through. And then when you get to the end of December 20, uh, 31st, 2022, look at me. Let it go. It's over. You got to have the ability to let it go in your life. The word is surrender there. You got to just say, This is what it is. I got what I got. It's the family I got. It's the marriage I got. It's the house I got. It's the job I got. It's the body I got. It's the mind I got. It's the genetics I got. That's what I always blame my waistline on. You got to let it go. Here's the last one. Here's the one I wanted to, I've, I've preached 40 minutes to get you to hear. You got to commit your life. You got to commit your life. It's not, a, it's not enough to come out from the world if you're not headed towards God. It's not enough to not just be a slave. You got to learn how to be a son or a daughter. Institutionalization happens to criminals 
who've been in prison for longer than three, four, five years, they're let out. And the recidivism rate is it's so high. And the reason is because they learned how to be in captivity. They didn't learn how to be free. you got to commit to this new life. Now, I'm going to ask you a lot of stuff over the next 52 Sundays. I'm going to ask you to say a lot of stuff. I'm going to ask you to say amen a million times. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm going to ask you to do all kinds of stuff. But I'm going to ask you something now that I ask you every year. That's the hardest thing I'm going to ask you all year long. And that is I want you to give me a year of your life. I want you to give God, this church, this family, a year. And I want you to commit your life. I want you to go all in with God. I want you to do everything. I want you to show up every Sunday you can. Every Sunday. They come around every six days. They're easy to keep up with. We're going to have church, all of them. Come to everyone you can. If you're not sick or out of town, if you're out of town, look online. Watch online. T- get in the chat. Put the little praise hands. You know what I'm saying? Clap. You know, people are doing that right now. You know. Just attend every Sunday you can. I'm asking you to join a small group. A month from now, we launch a new semester of small groups. We have three semesters a year. I want you to join a small group every single semester. Spring, summer, fall. Don't let one go by. Matter of fact, I'm asking you, if you join two, lead one. Lead a small group once. Join a couple of small groups. I'm leading small groups. Brandy leads small I have since we started the church three times a year. I lead a small group. I'll have a bunch of business leaders and men in my small group. We'll meet really early in the morning because leaders get up early. We're going to go after God together. We're going to be men of God together. Join a small group. I, there ought to be hundreds of you in small groups. Commit your life. Get on the dream team. You've been Some of us have been sitting in this church for literally years and not join the team. Now's the time. Commit your life. Just say, I'm going to give it one year. I'm going to serve. I'm not going to serve once every nine weeks. I'm going to serve every other week. Twice a month, that's what we ask our dream team to serve. And you come to both services. You sit one, you serve one. There are people right now in Dream Team Central, people all in the lobby right now being real quiet because they're serving this service. They were here at first service. Some of you are in this one because you serve first service. Just get on the Dream Team. Some of you need to join the worship team. I'm looking at musicians and singers. Some of you need to join kids ministry. God's called you to reach the next generation. You need to join the students team. Some of you need to be greeters. you got big smiles and great high fives. Some of you need to be prayer partners. Matter of fact, coming out of 21 days, we always have people that want to join the prayer team. But before you got here this morning, the prayer team was in this room. I watched them with my eyeballs, and they touched every chair. Because they want you to be free. Why don't you get on that mission with us? Why don't you you decide, run a camera, or or, or, get behind that room right there. There's a broadcast room. They're broadcasting this out. Just get on the dream team. Commit your life to it. Bring somebody to church with you. I ask you two times a year. Two times a year. It's all I ask you for. Two Sundays a year. Have somebody who's far from God seated right next to you. I'll even tell you when to bring them. I'll give you the series. I'll say, hey, this is the series. Bring your lost friend. Like at the movies, when we have at the movies in November, that's the series. Bring your lost friend. Two times a year. Tithe 10% of your income. Go all in with God. I'm asking you to commit your life. Without, I'm telling you, it's the hardest thing I'll ask you all year long. Tithe. Tithing means 10% of my income. Well, I gave $20. Well, unless you make $200, that ain't tithing. You know, because 20 is 10% of 200. You got that? Everybody okay? Tithe. 
put God first and what? Just get to the end of the year and see if God doesn't open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing on your life. Has anybody found that to be true in your life? When I'm telling you, it's just a, it's a fact. Give to our kingdom builders offering. Every year since we started the church and until Jesus comes back on the second Sunday of December, we're going to take a kingdom builders offering where we give vision, where we're able to bless missionaries and plant churches around the world, and our church moves forward. Last year, you gave over $90,000 in one Sunday so that we could further the gospel and the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Come on, give God praise for that. Don't let it sneak up on you. Plan today. I'm going to give in kingdom builders. I'm going all in. I'm going to small groups. I'm doing everything. I'm going to meet people in the lobby. Some of y'all have no idea when we pray in just a moment. While everybody's heads are bowed, won't you keep one eye open? Because there's some sneaker outers. And they just hustle out of here real quick. You've never met anybody. You've been coming to church here for months. Stop that. <laughs> I gotta be nice next week. Remind me to be nice next week. Don't do that. Find somebody to go to lunch with. Find a family here. Find somebody who's got kids your age. Just go, just commit. I'm asking you for one year of your life. One whole year where you just do everything. Everything we do, you do. And you get to the end of the year and see if you aren't free. Free. Father, I thank you for this wonderful church family. God, I thank you that you've given us the plan. I thank you that you've given us a way out. It'd be awful if I figured out I was in bondage and couldn't get out, didn't have an escape route, didn't have a plan. So I'm thankful you gave me a way out that I could commit my life, that I could let, let go of all the hurt of my life and the pain. So God, I do that right now. Come on, do that together. Just open your heart. Say, God, I'm all, I get rid of all that stuff closed out last year, all the hurt, all the shame, all the pain, all the guilt, all the ups, all the downs, all the good times, all the bad times. Now every head's bowed and every eye's closed, nobody's leaving because y'all are scared now. If this is for you, if you know that you've got some stuff in your life you need to break free from, would you just raise your hand and say, include me in this prayer, this is for me. Come on, hands up, hands up, hands up. Dozens, 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 couples and Keep your hands up, Father. I raise my hand as a sign of surrender. God, I, I got to break free from some stuff that's got me bound. I got some stuff in my life. I got some stuff in my mind, my heart. There's some stuff in our relationship, our marriage. There's some stuff I'm holding on to that I need freedom this year. I need to break free. So, Father, I give you my whole life. I, I just surrender it to you. With my hand raised as an act of surrender, I just tell you. I repent. I'm going to make the move. I'm going to commit my life. God, I'm going to be free. I thank you, Jesus, for this church. I thank you for what it means to so many. I thank you for this year ahead. God, I believe with all of my heart the best is yet to come. This is going to be our banner year of victory, joy, deliverance, and freedom. We're going to finally break some cycles off of our life. I thank you for it. I receive it together. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody shout amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, everybody? Put your hands together if you receive the word. 
Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.